Are you struggling to create engaging content for your B2B brand? Let Podcast Town help. Our expert services will help you develop a successful content marketing strategy, making your brand stand out and increase revenue. With our guidance, you'll create quality content that resonates with your audience and builds brand loyalty. Visit our website at podcasttown.net to learn more and to get started today. We help you launch, grow, and maximize. You're listening to WQYLDB Wathasha, the talk and music you want to hear. At home, at the office, or on the road, Enterprise Now with LZ Flanagan. Your, your choice for business talk. Inspirational, motivational, and transformational. Enterprise Now on WQYL-DB Radio. Hello and welcome to Enterprise Now on WQYLDB Radio. I am your host, LZ Flinard, and we have a wonderful show for you this fine evening. My guest this evening is Mrs. Rhonda Nordyke. She is the founder and CEO of the Women's Financial Wellness Center, and she has a ton of knowledge and wisdom that she is going to share with us t- tonight. But before we get started, I have a couple of announcements to make. As you know, we have been running a contest to name our mascot, and I would like to extend that contest. I, I think we can come up with some um, some additional creative names that we can name our lovely snowman mascot. So we're going to extend that contest. Let's see until we'll, we'll give it until the middle of October. That'll give um, everyone a chance to get some more creative names out there. I'll give you more information about that later. Check our Facebook page, our Twitter, and our Instagram account for more information on that. Huge announcement to make. We have new members of the family. That's right. We have a new member to the family. Baseline to go line will be joining WQYLDB Radio. That is exciting. Baseline to go line will be joining us on the lineup. Check back with us for specific air dates and times. Uh, we're super excited to have them on our team. So again, Baseline to go line will be joining us on WQYL DB radio. We're excited. I know they're excited and we're just happy that we're able to grow the family and to bring people into the fold. All right. So without further ado, I want to bring in Miss Rhonda Nordic. Rhonda, are you there? I'm here. Awesome, awesome. So, as I tell all of my guests, tell us about yourself. You're you're more than welcome to go all the way back to your childhood, or you can start at present day. Tell us about yourself and and what you got going on. All right. Well, first of all, thank you for having me on the show. Um, yeah. So my name is Rhonda Nordic, and Gosh, I am a small-town girl um, from outside of Madison um, who always felt like um, I wanted to be able to help people. I knew that God had a a calling on my life. And um, so fast forward, uh, 2002, uh, after having graduated from Carroll University, 
with a degree in communications and a journalism emphasis, um, knew that I wanted to be able to help people. And so in 2002, I joined my husband, Tim, in the financial industry um, with one very, um, one very clear expectation, and that was that I wanted to be able to do presentations. I knew that I wanted to be in front of people, that I wanted to um, you know, use my passion for public speaking. And so, of course, he unabashedly agreed. And so he and I started in the industry together um, uh, right after, yeah, right around 2002. That same year, I started teaching at Waukesha County Technical College in the business division and um, continued kind of both of those paths parallel for about five years and then decided to take a sabbatical from teaching. Um, I had a couple young kids at home and was just feeling like I was being pulled in a lot of different directions, but still stayed connected to WCTC. I loved their mission, their commitment to the community, and I loved teaching. So it was really a difficult um, choice to make, but I knew that that was what I needed to do for that time. So um, continued in the financial industry for another five years beyond that, and that brought us up to about 2012, um, where I started thinking about, you know, my career, and I loved what I was doing. I played a lot of different roles in the financial industry, marketing and business development, um, running our business as the owner to administrative type duties to, I mean, pretty much everything in between, and ended my career um, working with clients. And I, I had you asked me, you know, 12 years ago, um, if I would be doing that, I would have said absolutely not. But I grew into that role and really found that I loved it. So I had been serving women really that whole time. Right out of the gate, I knew that I wanted to be able to speak into women's lives and, and help them. So I had done that for that 10-year period and then, you know, was sitting in my office um, evaluating where I wanted to go from there. And it had been an interesting road for me because I was often the in the minority as far as women at the executive table and had a lot of learning opportunities um, along the way. And then two years later, in 2014, I had an opportunity to go through a program called the Think Global Institute. And at the time, they had started overseas. And their main focus was helping women entrepreneurs in the growth phases of their business, take their business to the next level. And I had applied and got accepted to go through their program. And it was a six-week intensive program. And I had an opportunity to meet with the, and coach and, and be mentored under, I guess, the CEO of the Think Global Institute. Um, brilliant business person. And in a very short period of time, had made some pretty significant decisions as far as the direction of my business. Um, actually decided to um, resign as an advisor in the industry and follow my passion and what I feel is my calling to be an advocate for women. So I um, opened up the Women's Financial Wellness Center and we opened our doors in 2014. Um, within that six-week period with Think Global, it was pretty 
incredible because when you're ready and the opportunity presents itself, it was it things moved very quickly. Um, I had leased new office space, so I had left the group that I had been with for over a decade. Uh, opened up my own office, had a mission, a vision, a logo, a website. Hired two part-time people, and uh, moved my furniture and all my you know stuff into a new office. Um, definitely a leap of faith. There were moments when I felt um, alone. There were moments when I felt overwhelmed. And there were moments when I felt really excited and relieved to finally be following my passion. Um, Over the next year, we built our model. And really, the biggest differentiator with what we're doing is focusing on an education-based model that... um, is independent from financial advice. So helping women step-by-step through the process of financial wellness, whether they're going through divorce or lost a spouse, or they're married and trying to navigate through having those conversations about money with their spouse, we are here to help them every step of the way. And then we partner with our strategic partners that are at the ready uh, to step in as we work through this process. So family law attorneys, CPAs, real estate agents, financial folks, um, you know, some people have said, hey, Rhonda, you're the I've got a guy for women. And I kind of chuckle because I I do have a lot of tools and resources um, and people that are in alignment with our mission to help alleviate that financial vulnerability for women. So... Um, Here we are and just went through another pivot for our business. Um, Last year we had over 300 women that came through our doors and it was really fun um, to see all the women that we were able to help and just the support from the community. Uh, So then in April, um, I went upstairs to to honestly pay my rent for... uh, the space that I was leasing, and the property manager had asked me, he said, hey, Rhonda, do you want to buy your space? And I said, no, I don't, but what about that space downstairs? So my office was in uh, the what used to be the Roundy's headquarters, and Roundy's operated that space, uh, I think, until 2003. And then there was a property management company that purchased that building and basically gave people the option to either lease or buy their space. Well, the entire lower level of what was my current building was unoccupied. And it had been remodeled, um, I think, in 2008, based on what I could find as far as information, to be 4,000 square feet of pretty amazing space. Um, And the ironic thing is I had actually looked at that space two years ago when I was looking to to lease office space. Um, So we started on that path and had some conversations about what that would look like, ran some numbers, and decided that I was going to throw my hat in the ring and and apply to get an SBA loan to purchase the space downstairs. So I spent most of the summer uh, working through that process, uh, got the approval the first part of August, and then we closed at the end of August in our new space. So 
our business is um, growing. We are at, like I said, a pivoting point and are happy to be opening up what we are calling the Women's Financial Wellness Conference Center um, to be able to host events, workshops, um, one-on-one meetings. But the main thing that's different about this space is um, in comparison to our other space is that we are opening it up to the community. And my vision with that space is really that it would be a place that we could support, encourage, inspire entrepreneurs, other business leaders within the community that are looking to host maybe at small round group discussions or um, conferences. And so um, we're going to be having a ribbon cutting on October 13th at 4.30. And the Waukesha Business Alliance will be um, initiating that event. And then we're going to have a reception to follow. But just celebrating, you know, entrepreneurship and um, just hoping to inspire other people within the community that they can follow their dreams too. Um, and we want to be there to support them in any way that we can. And really the intention is that every person that leaves our space, leaves inspired, uh, has a bit of knowledge that they didn't have when they first came in, is encouraged. Um, so that's kind of where we're at. We've covered a lot of ground in uh, two years. <laughs> awesome, awesome. I have a lot of questions. I'm not sure where to start. Let me see. Let me look at my notes here. <laughs> Let's talk about one of the key things that themes that I heard uh, in your answer was you talked about evaluating your current situation and pivoting. Key, yeah. on, key on that a little bit more. What kind of things go through your mind when you're evaluating your current situation um, with respect to business and how do you pivot? How do you prepare to, uh, to pivot and how important is pivoting in, in business? Great question. Um, I would first say that I don't know if we are ever fully ready to pivot. Um, there's an element of faith, I think, that goes along with that. One of the things that I remember thinking through my head um, really was taking a look at, I look for trends. You know, okay, not only are we at capacity with where we're at, but, you know, the like I had looked at that space years ago and fell in love with that space. Um, I knew that we would be able to do what my vision was for the business by being in that from the right time. And so, you know, to go back down there and kind of get reacquainted with that space and see the possibilities, um, you know, that was pretty cool. The other thing that I think is important is having a really team of advisors that understand your business and can help you confirm the direction. So like, for example, um, the folks from Think Global, their headquarters is actually in Las Vegas, but they happened to be in town, and I had keys to this space. They had given me keys so I could go down and show people and give them tours or whatever, and that was prior to me even having occupancy. So I took them down there and gave them a tour, and they walked in, and it was like, Rhonda, this is 
this is kind of like a no-brainer. I mean, after we kind of, again, ran some of the numbers and I shared some of the details with them, they're like, yeah, we could totally see, you know, this working. And and they had a perspective from other parts of the country as far as, like, you know, what uh, co-working spaces were asking for as far as um, their agreements and, and some of those details, you know. And so I was able to get their perspective from a national or international perspective and not just little, you know, our, my little community or our little community. Um, so I think that that was really important. Um, the other component of it was having a plan. So the way that I make those decisions is I evaluate the situation, where we're at now, knowing where I want to go, running some of the numbers, um, and then also realizing that I don't have to have every little detail ironed out, but having a general plan as far as how we're going to navigate this next phase. Um, so that's, I don't know if that makes sense, but that's essentially, you know, a roundabout process. It's, unfortunately, it's not, you know, always first this, then this, mm -hmm. you know, then that in a nice chronological order. Right. I mean, it's a little, you know, it, there's a lot of things going on at once, mm -hmm. um, but pretty much through the entire time, I knew that we were going to be in that space. There were certainly some challenges along the way. It's emotional. Um, but it was, you know, it just, I just knew that that was going to be the next phase, you know, for our, our business. So. Gotcha. Now, you brought up a good point in there um, about not having every I, uh, what is it, I dotted and T crossed. And mm -hmm. the, the, the other thing I heard in your um, your answer before was, you you kind of felt um, I don't know if you you felt out of place, but you mentioned being you know the only woman at the executive table and making that choice to say okay I want something different. Give us a little insight into what that might, what what that what that's like because I know there are women out there who are in the same boat. They're they feel like they're the only woman at the executive table. They you know may yeah. not know what the next step is. Give us some insight there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that was that was challenging on a lot of different levels. Um, I think the one thing that was really helpful for me was learning how to communicate assertively. And I think there may be some misperceptions around that, but the gist of it is being able to communicate in a way that is respectful of the other person and also respectful of ourselves. And it's a simple formula. It's, you know, I feel blank when blank. Like, I feel disrespected when you talk to me that way. Or I feel valued when I'm included in the conversation. Or, you know, and, and the list kind of goes on. But that was one of those things that I often will say um, was my, the best tool that I had in my toolbox for being in those situations. Um, the other thing was, you know, it's tough. I There was a time in a meeting where um, I was really feeling like it was time to set a boundary and I gave myself permission to get up and walk out of the meeting. And it was a defining moment for that relationship because, um, well, we can't change other people and their behaviors. I needed to, in a very calm yet firm way, 
um, make it clear that that wasn't, you know, that type of conversation wasn't acceptable. So, you know, those are some of those those key things, and and it's never easy. And unfortunately, a lot of times we can't. Um, we have to go through some of that to become stronger on the other side. Um, I wish sometimes that there was a way to help people, you know, navigate around that. But, um, you know, I think just having those tools at the ready when you need them and practicing them. So it's knowing, you know, how to communicate assertively and then actually taking action that helps build our confidence. And being in the financial industry certainly did that. I mean, there were definitely a lot of really challenging moments, a lot of great moments. Um, but coming out of that and and really launching my own business, there were a lot of things that I could draw on um, that allowed me to be successful. Bringing some of those tools into uh, the negotiation that I had as far as this new space was really valuable. Um, and to just give you a, a you know just a, a real brief synopsis of how that how I was able to tap into some of those uh, skill sets was uh, when we decided that we were going to have a conversation about the space. It was the property manager and the owner of the space. There was no broker involved because that contract had just run out, and so. The guy who owned the space actually has about 30 years of experience in real estate. And he happened to be in town from Florida. The property manager coordinated a meeting with the three of us. And I didn't tell anybody that I was going to the meeting. I didn't tell my husband, Tim. I didn't tell anybody where I was going because I didn't want to have outside influence. I just wanted to be able to go into the meeting and gather information. And I did that. And we had a conversation about, you know, the space and the expectations and what he was asking price-wise and stuff like that. And one of the things he said was, Ron, I'm giving you a good deal. And my response to that was, I appreciate that, um, but I need to do my own due diligence and come to that conclusion on my own. And I stayed really calm, and it was a great meeting. Um, I left there feeling really good. And then from that point on, I handled all of the negotiations with that space. Again, we didn't have a broker. Here I am with somebody who has tons of experience. And a lot of times that's a head game because, you know, we can freak ourselves out to say, oh, I don't know enough or, you know, I don't have enough experience or whatever. And I never allowed myself to go there. I surrounded myself with people who I could you know, pick their brain on things, my banker, my husband, his background's in the financial industry. Um, and at one point he said, hey, Rhonda, you know, I said, I'm overwhelmed with this process. And he said, yeah, but you've never asked anybody else to come in and help. And I said, quite frankly, I... Rhonda, we're having some some audio difficulties with your phone here. So I'm, I'm going to... Um, cut to a break quick and we'll be okay. back in a few seconds. Okay, thanks.
You're listening to WQYLDB Wathashaw, the talk and music you want to hear. At home, at the office, or on the road, Enterprise Now with LZ Flinard. Your choice for business talk. Inspirational, motivational, and transformational. Enterprise Now on WQYL-DB Radio. An old Cherokee is teaching his grandson about life. A battle is going on inside all of us, he said to the boy. It is a terrible fight, and it is between two wolves. One is evil, anger, envy, sorrow, regret, greed, arrogance, self-pity, guilt, resentment, inferiority, lies, false pride, superiority, and ego. The other is good, joy, peace, love, hope, serenity, humility, kindness, benevolence, empathy, generosity, truth, compassion, and life. This same fight is going on inside you and in every other person too. The grandson thought about it for a minute and then asked his grandfather, which wolf will win? The old Cherokee simply replied, the one you feed. I'd like to welcome our premier sponsor of the Enterprise Now radio show, the Waukesha County Technical College Small Business Center. The WCTC Small Business Center is a community service initiative of the college with one primary mission to help entrepreneurs start and grow small businesses in southeastern Wisconsin. The center offers a variety of low-cost to no-cost resources, including non-credit courses, services, and networking events, all designed to help real-world entrepreneurs succeed. Remember that passion without action is just a hobby. For more information, visit www.wctc.edu slash smallbusiness, then contact center manager Russ Roberts directly at 262-695-3468 or you can email Russ at rroberts at wctc.edu. Welcome back to Enterprise Now on WQYLDB Radio. I'm your host, Elsie Flinnar, and I am talking with Rhonda Nordyke, the CEO and founder of the Women's Financial Wellness Center. Rhonda, uh, before the break, we were talking a little bit about um, how you took your skills from corporate America and translated that into uh, your your business now. Um, you want to finish telling us about that? Yes, absolutely. Um, welcome back. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so, you know, taking those skills into um, the real estate transaction was really, really valuable. And, um, you know, again, just surrounding myself with people that, you can bounce ideas off of or can give you that, you know, encouragement so you can get back into the ring, if you will. Um, it was really helpful. So, um, yeah, you know, I think as we navigate through life, there are certainly lots of different skill sets and experiences that we can use um, to either identify how we want to handle certain situations or maybe even more importantly, how we don't want to handle situations. Um, and so I was really able to tap into some of that experience and, um, yeah, and, and really 
do something that I felt good about at the end of the day. Um, so, yeah, that, that was really helpful. Okay. So I'm curious to know, you know, a lot of times when you're talking with entrepreneurs, business owners, a lot of people want to start their own business. They want to be business owners, but they're afraid. Fear is the number one challenge. How are you, how do you get over that fear? I think, I don't know if you ever actually get over it. I think you just learn how to manage it, if that makes sense. Um, I think being involved in various communities with other entrepreneurs that can encourage and, and hold you accountable, um, I think is really important. I'm part of a mastermind group of four other uh, entrepreneurial women that you know, it's a safe place where we can bounce ideas off of each other and really feel like you're not alone. Um, because as a business owner, there are times when you are you feel alone. I mean, it's just part of the gig. But um, it, being intentional about surrounding yourself with those people that can, you know, help you is fantastic. And then I'm also part of a networking group, and it's primarily for women. Um, entrepreneurs, business owners, community leaders, and it's called Polka Dot Powerhouse. And it's actually a national networking organization. But I have really found there's probably four or five key women in there that um, we are constantly bouncing ideas off of each other, leveraging each other's skills, helping each other. That certainly makes it, uh, yeah, it's very, very helpful. So... Yeah, that's what I would say, you know, about that. I don't know if you ever don't have it. It's just you learn how to manage uh, through it. Okay. Um, so switching gears a little bit, I'd like to talk a little bit about the uh, the conference center. And I know you mentioned the co-working spaces and um, it being open to the community for events and things like that. You want to tell us a little bit more about that? Sure. Um, so this space um, is 4,000 square feet. Uh, we have two what we're calling flex offices, which allow people to come in and use those space for private meetings. So if they, you know, if they've currently been uh, meeting with clients at, you know, the coffee shop or whatever, um, well, there's certainly nothing wrong with that. But there are times when maybe they feel like they need a, a more private space. Uh, we certainly could help accommodate that request. In addition to that, we have what we're calling our community room, and that holds probably about 15 people, maybe 20, depending on how we configure the room. But the intention with that is to create more of a um, community feel, so collaboration, small groups, roundtable discussions, things like that. And then uh, we also have a 2,000-square-foot conference center with a stage, and that we are anticipating will hold up to about 100 people. Um, we are in the process right now of doing a campaign called the Ripple Effect, and that's actually on my website, on the womensfinancialwellnesscenter.com website. But we are inviting the community to participate in that initiative. Um, because I've been, I've had the opportunity over the years to participate in similar campaigns, and it really was cool to be part of something like that. So, if there are folks that want to participate, um, they can purchase a chair or a lot of chairs, if you will, 
Um, and what we're going to be doing is putting together a plaque uh, acknowledging those people from the community that have believed in, supported, encouraged other women by symbolically, you know, purchasing a chair. So we're excited about that. And then we are also in the process of um, updating the AV equipment. Um, it was top of the line 10 years ago. Uh, and since that space has been sitting vacant for some time, it's time to update that. So. Uh, certainly have some you know, things that still need to be done in that particular space, but we're hoping to have that fully functional uh, by January 1st, 2017 or sooner. Okay. So we are excited about that opportunity. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, I'd like to know a little bit more about, you said that your, your focus is more uh, educational. Um, help me understand what, that, what that's all about. What do you mean by that? Yeah, so, you know, it's interesting because having been in the financial industry, we certainly did a lot of education. Um, there's no doubt about it. And the financial model, you know, the financial advisors and the traditional financial industry has a lot of knowledge to share. The thing that I had um, a hard time with is feeling like um, there were... Uh, underlying intentions, if you will. So, you know, we would educate and there was always this kind of pressure, if you will, to convert those folks to clients. Now, while it happened organically, I, in my own mind, had a disconnect and um, cognitive dissonance, if you will. Like, I, I wanted people to provide, you know, independent um, education. So, our model does education, and we do that in a variety of different capacities. One is we do them as groups. So we host different workshops, uh, different events for the community to participate in. And we are covering a variety of different topics, but primarily I would say it's financial from a holistic perspective. Um, creating those opportunities for people, for women to have those conversations about money or about um, topics related to money. And we bring in strategic partners as the experts to be able to share information on those topics as well. So for example, we do Wine, Women, and Wealth events. We do those once a month on the third Thursday of each month. And each month we have a different topic. And it's a great opportunity for women to stay connected to a community, to acquire knowledge, um, and just stay connected to tools and resources. The other offerings that we have as far as workshops go, um, we have a workshop for women that are recently or soon to be single. It's um, a workshop that I developed and has been successful as far as transforming the way that women think about money, connecting them with resources, and empowering them to be able to move forward. And we're just getting ready to launch, uh, actually this month, now that it's October, uh, October 11th in the evening, we will be offering the Women's Financial Wellness Academy. And I'm really excited about that because we had been working with women that were going through divorce or a lost spouse for 
several years with this program and many of the uh, never been married women or married women said, hey, what about us? And so we listened and developed a program that would encompass um, some basic financial principles, giving them the tools and resources to make good decisions, um, empowering them to take action. And so that program will be offered um, similar to like a college course through WCTC. We, they, we would do it over a period of time. But we're meeting once a month for over three months, so October, November, December. Um, and then the other thing that we offer is our budget program. And part of the reason that I started that was uh, we launched that about a year ago um, to really help women make sense of the budgeting process. A lot of times they would have templates or, or worksheets, if you will, as it relates to budgets. Um, but they wouldn't necessarily have all the tools that they needed to really implement that. So we are combining financial coaching and financial education to help them through the process. It's longevity. It's following that, that program through till the end and um, helping make sure that they have the tracking and the accountability on the back end of that. So um, it, it helps them to, to have that accountability on the back end. And that program has been honestly one of our fastest growing programs because um, you know, the 80% of the people that have been surveyed as far as budgets, what we know is that at least 60% of them say, hey, I jot it down on a piece of paper or scribble it on a notebook. And about a third of those people, about 33%, say, yeah, I keep track in my head. <laughs> And how's that working for them, right? So mm -hmm. we come along to say, hey, listen, let's set aside time and help walk you through this process so that at the end of this time together, you have a budget, you know how to manage the budget. We've automated some of it, taking the guesswork out. We've also given them some tips and tools on how to um, either restructure debt or reduce their expenses. So it's been really rewarding um, to see the women go through that process. Gotcha, gotcha. Let's talk about that a little bit more because one of, one of the things that when I, when I talk to um, business people and and really just regular people, um, we as a as a person who's running a household, you're really running a business, right? I mean, you have um, expenses, you have um, uh, income. And you have to manage that. You have a cash flow, and so really, you, in 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 a lot of ways, you're you're running a business. So mm -hmm. that may be some of the disconnect that that we see in terms of when we're talking about budgeting and um, people who are are kind of doing it on the back of a napkin, and um, some people who are doing it in a more sophisticated way. So yeah, I think that's a, that's a wonderful program, and and it's 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 very well needed, and I think that's probably the reason why it's one of the fastest growing programs. Um, so where do you see that going in terms of how the, the capacity and the, the types of things that you're doing uh, with, with folks in that program? Yeah, it's specifically related to the budget program or all of the programs? Yeah, specifically to the bu budget program. So um, the budget program, I see a couple things with that. Uh, one is we are currently in the process of identifying 
um, other facilitators, budget specialists that can come and help us uh, with this program because the need certainly is great and so that's one of the things that we're working on behind the scenes. Um, the other thing is building in some other elements besides just the budgeting piece. And, and I think there's some misperceptions around budgeting in a sense that it's only for people that are living paycheck to paycheck or like you said, I think there is a disconnect that people aren't necessarily running their households like they would run their business. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I see that, that program continuing to grow. I will also be identifying ways that we can bring this program to other parts throughout the country. I mean, we did recently have a client actually drive up from Chicago to participate in our budget program. And within that, we also included how to negotiate her salary. Oh. Um, it was part of the coaching component because in looking at cash flow, we said, okay, you know, she she had been working at this job for probably about eight years and was fairly well established. Um, but as we were looking at, you know, the income and expenses, it's like, okay, well, we certainly, there are some areas that the expenses could be reduced. So let's talk about that and giving her some suggestions or asking her questions that would help her come to those conclusions on her own. But then also it's, okay, well, are there opportunities for increasing cash flow? Mm -hmm. And one of the things that we realized was there could be some opportunities for that. She worked for them at a company that had different levels of expertise. She's a um, clinical specialist, and so there's like different levels, if you will. And she was at a clinical specialist two position. Um, and so I had asked her to go back and research levels three and four because I said, okay, we need to get a projection of what the possibilities are for cash flow which she had no idea. Um, so there's a lot of that kind of stuff that goes on as far as it's not just the budgeting. It is helping them, um, you know, think about ways that they could increase their income. I mean, I go back to a book that I read that came out in the early 2000s, and it's such a great book, and maybe some of the folks listening have, have read it, um, and that's Robert Kiyosaki's book on Cash Flow Quadrant. And it's okay, how are you generating income? Is it, you know, as an employee, which is fine, but what are the opportunities for increased cash flow? Either you're going to take on, you know, extra hours or overtime if they allow it, or you got to get a side hustle, a side job of some kind where you can increase, you know, some cash flow. Mm -hmm. um, you know, self-employed is, hey, yes, I own a business, but it's still dependent on how many hours me as the business owner is putting into it. So we're still exchanging time for money. Mm -hmm. um, but then how do we move into the two other quadrants that he talks about, which is the business owner, meaning, hey, I've got a business that's generating income, and if I step away from the business, it's still generating income, mm -hmm. which is so cool. And then the investor quadrant, which is how can you get your money making money for you? So, you know, if, if folks that are listening haven't picked up that book, I know there's usually a few copies at even half-price books or, or Amazon. It is such a great book. And the other piece of that is um, Robert Kiyosaki's wife wrote a book, and her name is Kim Kiyosaki, and she wrote a book called, called It's Rising Time. And I have to say I read her book probably uh, in March, March and April, and it was a paradigm shift for me. And um, 
a paradigm shift as far as how I looked at generating income and revenue. Mm-hmm. And um, even after having all that experience in the financial industry, it I could not leave after reading that book thinking about some of those same things the same way, um, which I think is part of the reason why I went down the real estate path with buying this office. And I, be, I attribute that shift from really those two books. I mean, it's really helped uh, me shape how I'm thinking about income, how I'm thinking about my business. Um, and so you're right. If we can share some of those things with individuals, it's not just for business owners, mm-hmm. it can really have the opportunity to shift their overall uh, financial wellness for their households too. Gotcha, gotcha. So I wanted to, to ask you this, and this is just, you know, me asking what, and I know this is a part of, you know, the program, but how much of the negotiating, um, and we're talking specifically women in the workforce, how many issues do you see there out of, you know, your, your network of people, people, you know, people you, um, are colleagues with, or used to be colleagues with, how prevalent is that? Um, just not one, not having the skill set or the toolbox to, to negotiate and, and then having the confidence to, to go back and, and to do, and to do the research and, and present that, um, and negotiate a higher salary or a different position. Mm-hmm. So I guess the question is how much is that? How much of that have you seen? Do you see? This is a great question. You know, it, I think, I would start by saying that negotiation, negotiating is a learned skill. So what I've seen is is if there are women that are negotiating, it's because they've been presented with opportunities to do it. And and they had to start somewhere. That being said, I would say that there's probably, of the women that come through my doors, maybe 10% that that would be... Um, able and willing to negotiate as it relates to salary and probably about 90% that wouldn't do it. And I think there's a there's a couple different reasons for that. Certainly, again, one is, um, you know, if you don't do it right out of the gate when you're being hired, it can sometimes be hard to go back and have that conversation later. But I think the biggest thing, thing of it was, and I know this was was for me, is I didn't know how. Like, okay, I always felt like it had to be this big power struggle where somebody has to come out of it, you know, the winner. (laughs) And um, when I shifted how I thought about that, it's like, hey, how could we make this a win-win for both people? Mm -hmm. And how do I negotiate? That became the... That became another tool that I was able to utilize. And I was on Fox 6 News... um, couple weeks ago regarding this topic and that clip is also on my Facebook I mean on my um, well Facebook page but also my website but one of the tools that we talk about is um, it's an acronym and it's a n o t a not and it basically means it gives women the framework to be able to negotiate um, the a is acknowledge you know starting with something that you're grateful for hey acknowledge I'm thankful for the opportunity to be able to you know be part of the team here or whatever that is 
the N is naturally, because naturally we think about ourselves, let's be honest. Obviously, okay, we want to acknowledge what they might be looking for. And then the last one is the ask. What are we actually asking for? And I also want to clarify that sometimes it's not always dollars and cents as far as like the salary. Sometimes it might be other perks or benefits or um, I mean, we can, you can often use that even in some day-to-day -day conversations. It doesn't have to be this hardcore negotiating. Mm -hmm. um, it's just a conversation. So one of the examples that I will often use is unrelated to salary, but it's um, as a business owner, I work with a lot of independent contractors. I hire people to help me with my website. I hire people to help me with um, account. I mean, all kinds of things. And so my website guy, um, I got introduced to him about two years ago. And I used this tool to just set the expectations. And I said, hey, you know, thank you so much for all the work that you've done for my website so far, because I was really grateful. He was super responsive. Um, naturally, I need to stay within my budget. Obviously, you need to get paid. Mm -hmm. And the ask really was, hey, would you be willing to A, um, bill me in 30-minute increments, and B, would you be willing to give me an idea of the scope of the project and cost prior to engagement? Hmm. And he said yes and yes. And it's great because it really laid that foundation for our conversation moving forward. He still helps me on projects. That's still the expectation, you know, that was set that we're working with. And, you know, had I not asked about the 30-minute increments, you know, the default was 60 minutes. And there are times when I wouldn't necessarily, it didn't take him that long, you know, just a quick update or a quick, you know, tweak here or there or whatever. But um, it's really been valuable. So I think it's one of those things where we can keep, you know, on a sticky note or, or something even next to our phone or, or by our computer where if we're shooting out an email or if we're engaging in a conversation, it's a really good um, format for us to follow to at least initiate the conversation. Gotcha, gotcha. And I mean, part of part of it, in, in my mind at least, is you never know until you ask. I mean, you have a 50-50 shot. There is either going to be a yes or it's going to be a no. So I think part of it, uh, you know, going back to thinking of yourself as a business is, you're you're providing a valuable service to this company, and um, and, and again, you ask, and the the chances are are fifty fifty. You may get a, a yes, or you might get a no. And and I think that's part of it, just shifting that that mindset to say, okay, here's here's what I'm bringing to the table. Here the here's the service that I'm providing here, and here are all the reasons why I'm asking for what I'm asking for. And going back to your um, your A not uh, acronym, and just having the confidence and starting where you are. Um, all things that I think um, are related both in in your your corporate uh, life and in business. So uh, so that's really good stuff. Yeah, yeah, it is. So one thing that I that I heard you say and kind of got us on this path of the uh, the budgeting uh, piece is this kind of came out of feedback from your customers, did it not? You um, had the the feedback that this is something that that we want. This is something that we need, and you kind of. Uh, listen to your customers and you provided what your customers were asking for. Yeah, and I think that's an important piece of it because um, it's looking for those trends 
um, you know, usually if I hear something a couple times, uh, it then piques my interest and I'm like, okay, now maybe we need to explore this a little bit further. Um, yeah, so that, that's been a real foundational piece and certainly that something that our clients were, were asking for. Gotcha. Gotcha. So before I forget, um, give us your contact information, your website, Facebook, Instagram, all your, your social media. So when people want to reach out to you and get in contact so they can join your budget program or, um, be a, a co-working, uh, co-worker in your, your facility, the, the conference center there, uh, let's, let's, uh, give the folks your information. Yeah, absolutely. So the website is www.womensfinancialwellnesscenter.com. Um, my um, Twitter is at rnordyke. Uh, it's N-O-O-R-D-Y-K. And uh, Women's Financial Wellness Center certainly is on Facebook that folks can reach out um, to us and like our page. And they can also find me on LinkedIn, uh, Rhonda Nordyke at Women's Financial Wellness Center. So I would love hearing from people. Um, I would say, you know, we're certainly looking to connect with those people that this message resonates with. And, you know, really my sole purpose in all of the things that we're doing is to create a safe community for women where they can be vulnerable so that they can learn and grow. Um, and be empowered to be independent and financially savvy. You know, we're, I'm so grateful that women really do entrust us to empower them. And we are there to advocate on their behalf, empower them with the right tools, whether they want to interview an attorney, whether they want to hire a financial person. You know, we want to be that go-to resource for them, to give them but even the questions to ask so they're prepared going into that meeting. And, um, you know, as... Uh, my my good friend Russ Roberts at WCTC said, you know, Rhonda, you can't put a price on vulnerability. And I couldn't agree more because whether women are going through a major life transition, no matter what their socioeconomic status is, um, they need help and we can help them. And so we just welcome into our community any woman that is ready to acquire knowledge um, wants the support and the encouragement to take action and and uh, the result will be financial confidence. Gotcha. Gotcha. So obviously your social social media is um, one of the outlets that you used to get the word about word out about what you're doing and the programs that you guys are running. What other um, avenues are you, you using to to market and advertise your business? Yeah, great question. Um, so, I mean, certainly. We have some good relationships with the media, um, Fox 6 News. Um, we've been on the Morning Blend, so that's been great. Um, I've done a podcast with a woman who um, is out of Vermont, and she runs a program called Breaking Money Silence. Her name is Kathleen Burns Kingsbury. She was somebody that I followed when I was in the financial industry. And um, I've had an opportunity to be on her podcast. Um, I do a lot of speaking engagements. I'm actually this week here doing, um, I have three speaking engagements this week. Uh, two are for the Wisconsin CPA, the um, Certified Public Accounting Organization. Um, so I'm doing two breakfasts for them. And then I'm going to be speaking in Chicago at a national conference 
Polka Dot Powerhouse National Conference this weekend. So I do a lot of public speaking. Um, most of it's paid. Um, but you know, the whole goal is to be able to create awareness on financial wellness. So specifically for the conference that I'm doing, we are going to be going through 10, um, dispelling 10 financial paradigms. And I've done a lot of research. I've done a lot of reading. And I really wanted to bring some fresh, a fresh approach to um, maybe what's already out there. And so I'm really looking forward to bringing that information and actually doing that presentation, that specific presentation for the first time this next weekend. And um, that will be for an audience of 200 people across the country. So I'm looking forward to, yeah, just really um, getting the word out and helping as many women as, as we can. Awesome. Awesome. So Rhonda, our time has come to an end. Um, again, I say this every week, but it just absolutely flies by. Uh, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, I know that uh, the listeners are going to get a lot out of, of both meeting you here and outside of, of, the, of the show when they come to your, your website or when they email you or when they reach out via social media. Um, but last question, and we have about three minutes left. What um piece of advice would you have to um, a potential entrepreneur or a current entrepreneur out there? I would say um, my advice would be go for it. <laughs> um, you know, surround yourself with the people that can encourage you along the way. Um, you know, whether it's WCTC Small Business Center and taking classes or um, reading books. I mean, just get your hands on as much as you can related to the topic that you have interest in and become the expert. Um, I also would say um, be open to learning. Be a continuous learner. Be willing to um, be out of your comfort zone. I know I've, I've joked a little bit, but it's been true this last six weeks or so with this new transition, um, I spend the majority of my time outside of my comfort zone. And um, I've gotten pretty used to being outside my comfort zone. So, um, you know, accountability is another key point. I know, again, WCTC's 90-day action planning session um, is designed to help entrepreneurs set those goals and stay accountable. Um, because I think a lot of times we maybe think that we're working, but maybe we're not as focused on the right activities that we could be. Mm -hmm. um, so I guess the, the gist of it is, yeah, surround yourself with that community of people, the knowledge, the tools, the resources, to be able to help you move forward and then get to work. I mean, it's hard work, and uh, but yet when you're doing something that you love doing, doesn't feel like work. Gotcha. And, um, and keep going. Just you know, have that determination to see this thing through till the end. I was at a workshop in Minneapolis this last weekend, and one of the things that she said that really was powerful um, was don't land your plane. She said, you know, as entrepreneurs, we spend so much of our time getting this plane off the ground that um, don't land it. You know, keep everything that you can, do, do everything that you can to keep that plane in the air. Um, because once you land it, it's hard to get it off the ground again. Gotcha. And uh, so hopefully that will encourage folks on this call, because I know I left there 
knowing that I didn't want to land my plane. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much to Rhonda Nordyke for joining us. She's the CEO of the Women's Financial Wellness Center. And thank you out there for listening to Enterprise Now on WQYLDB Radio. We've had a blast. We've learned so much. Uh, Be sure to tune in during the week. We'll be replaying the show so you can unpack some of the things that we've talked about tonight. We don't have time to do that tonight, but there will be plenty of opportunity to do that during the week. So Thank you again for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. What a fantastic episode. Hey, listen, I want to know something. What is the top concern that you have in your business? Is it sales? Is it marketing? Is it finance? Operations? Shoot me an email, mayor at podcasttown.net. I want to start a conversation around these areas of business and how we can work together and help each other shine even brighter.